All right, and glory be. Boy, y'all a good-looking bunch, I'm telling you. Y'all even smell good this morning, amen? Well, to God be the glory. Davin, let me get this thing turned on. Well, praise the Lord. I have been looking forward to getting to see y'all and celebrate with y'all and rejoice with y'all and praise Jesus with y'all. I just... Uh, it's, I don't know if uh, this might have been the longest time I've been uh, away from the teaching and preaching, and, and uh, I don't think I've ever been gone that long in uh, any kind of way. So it has been a treat uh, to get back with you. We've got some guests with us today that have driven down here from Seymour, Tennessee. How many of y'all have ever been to Seymour, Tennessee? Y'all never heard of Seymour, Tennessee? I, I'm willing to say y'all have been by Seymour, Tennessee. Y'all ever been to Gatlinburg? You ever been to uh, Pigeon Forge? Knoxville, Tennessee? That's where they're traveling in from. We got uh, Mr. John and Miss Amy. They have traveled in from there. They're on their way to Monroe. And then from Monroe, where y'all headed? Fort Walton. So they sound like they got a good plan ahead of them in a good time. So we're going to add them to our prayer list as they travel today and as they make their way down uh, to, the, to the coast and pray, pray for Miss Amy because I know she was anticipating that she would get to see that honey holding. And uh, I had to tell her last night, I have to disappoint you, it's just going to be me here today. I left honey in uh, Colorado and uh, yep, she's over there. But we're sure glad to have y'all with us. And uh, uh, John and Amy Keeble, right? Am I saying that right? Okay. That's, we'll be praying for them as they... Keeble, K-E-E-B-L-E. Yes. Uh, introduced them last night or pointed them to the direction of Diamond Gems, Keith. So they went over there, Greg, and ate them a steak last night. He said it was good. He said, but... You, you really got to work for that thing over there. It ain't cheap, huh? And uh, I told them, I said, it's a little, it's a little pricey, but they got a pretty good cut of uh, meat over there usually. And uh, they found out they had about an hour and a half wait. So they went on into Meridian and got settled into the hotel and come back and uh, got to enjoy a little time uh, together. So uh, we just appreciate y'all and glad to have you with us here today. And I told Stephanie this morning, said, you excited about being with the brethren? And she knew I was. She was just, uh, she, I said, yeah. I said, I probably got way more hours to get out today than they got time to sit and hang in there with me. And uh, it's been bottled up for a while, Brother Shannon. I know it. It's been, we done walked through Matthew just about, hadn't we? And uh, so we just give God the praise for it. Look, you go ahead and turn your revelation to the gospel of Matthew. And I'll just share a little bit with you. We had a um, a time out there in Colorado. We appreciate you praying for us while we were there. Uh, the Lord used used us there. I, I hated being gone as long as it worked out, but fortunately, we were there to be able to help. Uh, you know, Lauren went in the pre labor while we were there twice, and they had to. Uh, slow everything down. They had to give her steroid shots for a little Daisy Page to help her lungs develop because she just wasn't uh, ready to deliver at that time. 
and you know how the scriptures teach us, it's not the fact that the woman delivers the baby. The scriptures teach us that the woman herself is delivered when she gives birth. And uh, Lauren was having some blood pressure issues and uh, through all that, they had to also, when she eventually went in and they knew they needed to do something and they started to induce her on Tuesday because of her blood pressure, uh, she actually uh, gave birth on Thursday morning. So she was up there from Tuesday to Thursday on the induction side and they had to give her magnesium and because of the blood pressure, just for her safety and the baby's safety as well. And I'm not sure if anybody ever had to have magnesium put in their system. And what it does, it just relaxes everything. And it's, it's a, just a weird thing to go through. And Hannah, our, our, our resident doctor here, uh, was advising you know, Stephanie the whole time, talking with her about what was going on. And she said, look, they're either going to do magnesium or they're going to do a C-section. And Lauren didn't want to do a C-section. That was like the last thing in the world she wanted to actually do for whatever reason. She just didn't want to do that. So they, they while she was talking to Hannah about it, Hannah recommended it would probably be better on her and the baby if they did the C-section. They went right in and done put, put magnesium in her. And that put her down. And uh, she wasn't able to hold Daisy uh, for almost two days as a result. Couldn't get out to bed, couldn't walk, you know, none of those things because you, you, you fall risk, everything. It just brings you down. And the baby would actually be affected by the magnesium as well. That means her breathing and all that would be at a bare minimum. So, uh, but the Lord worked it all out. We were interceding and praying and uh, the Lord blessed in that. Well, from Tuesday to Saturday, Guess who gets to run around with an 18-month-old? Paul Paul. And, uh, boy, he was, he was a blessing. He was a treat to work with. He's got such a good little schedule. Never got off of it. And uh, little boy is wide open from the moment his eyes are open until they close. Now, he, he takes a great nap in the middle of the morning, lays down about 1030, sleeps to about 1230 to 1 o'clock. Every day, he'll take a good old nap, and he lays down. They put him in the bed at six thirty in the evening, and he'll sleep to seven seven thirty the next morning. So he's on a great schedule. But when his eyes are open, it's nonstop, and uh, he he plays hard, but he sleeps well. So it was a great treat uh, for for me to be able to be there with him to to do that. And with them being so far away in the 18 months that he's been around, I've been around him for just a little bit. So it was a treat for them to come here from Hawaii and stay with us for that uh, extended time doing the COVID stuff when none of us were even gathering together then. And then getting to see him over the Christmas time and New Year's uh, was, a, was a treat for us. So just getting to get a be around him and that little extended, it really was a blessing for me. I, I can remember Just holding him. What I do is what what Lauren does. I just did what she does and what she told me she does, and it worked. Uh, you get him settled down a little bit, and you he'll take a, a, a get drink a little milk, and I'll hold him while he's drinking that milk, and 
Just sing over him. Pray over him. Talk to him. Getting to talk to him about Jesus. Sing over him about Jesus. I'm not no singer, y'all know that. But getting to sing about the blood. Getting to talk to him. And, you know, y'all, y'all know I, I, I write a lot and I've got a bunch of thousands upon thousands of things I've written and notes, things that I probably have not even communicated with y'all or anybody else. But just got to share with him that what I do, what I write, what I share, those things are things that I, I, I do for them. For y'all, of course, but for them down the road. That when that time comes, when that day comes, that I pray for God to interrupt his life, interrupt little Daisy Page, interrupt little Leland Cash, and Interrupt little Hazel Jane and do his work in Nathaniel and Julia Rose and Rosalind. That these, these things are for them in the future day. That they can have them. They can, they can know me. They can know what God's taught me. What he's teaching me. What he's doing with me. That I'm flawed but I cast my flaws upon him who is perfect. Who loves me in my imperfections. And has taken my life to do what he pleases with it. And I just had that revelation as we were sitting there and holding him and talking to him. And he's looking up at me and telling him about things that were in my heart for him. And, and what is still yet to come. And what I'll leave behind in the days ahead will be for him and his cousins to take and use however they see fit. In, in the days ahead and um, just to leave a, a legacy of grace and glory Jesus upon Jesus amen just trust in him with all of it so it's been sweet little Daisy Page just a little dainty blessing she's so small with small I mean she she weighed eight seven she's long and she's got legs that long. She's like a daddy. And she's got a little bitty tiny head, little bitty features, little bitty ears. Just everything's little. Long fingers, long toes, big feet, long legs, long arms. And um, she, unlike the rest of them, all the other ones were decent size, but all of them had... Oh, big old holding heads on them, and she's got a little bitty old Blake McMullen head on her, and uh, but as cute as can be, and just so precious. She'll tune into you when you talk to her. She'll turn and look at you, and uh, so it's just been a, a sweet treat. On the way home, I got to stop in uh, Jackson and seen the older four. Got to break bread with them for a minute. Made my way in the Meridian and went straight out to Why Not. Got to grab that little boy, little Leland Cash, and hold on to him for a minute and see Lydia and Marcus. And, and uh, then got to come home and fortunately got to see some of you yesterday at, at the party. And what a, what a sweet treat uh, that all this has been for me. 
And uh, I, I, I just can't help but thank Jesus for His goodness and His mercy. It's hard for Stephanie. You know, she wants to come home, wants to be back doing and being. But we went out there for that purpose, to help Lauren after she had uh, Daisy. So she stayed and, of course, will be back here pretty soon. But I want you to take your revelation this morning and turn to Matthew chapter number 20 and 21. We're going to look at a couple things out of this. And I need, Keith, would you do me a favor? Look, if you would walk in the back and in the men's Sunday school classroom, there is an orange bucket that is there. Would you grab that and bring that and come set that right there for me? Um. We're going to look at a couple things out of these passages of Scripture here and uh, see what the Lord uh, may have for us. Uh, Sandy, I need you to do something for me if you would. Look, if you'll walk to the back of the fellowship hall, in the back back there, there's a column in the center by the window. On that column, there are some purple boxes. Would you grab those for me? All right, let's see. Matthew chapter number... 20 and 21. Let's look in, in chapter number 21. Thank you, brother. Lucas, I need one more thing. If you'll go to the back, on the bench against the wall, there's a set of paper towels. Well, just, I think, one paper towel roll. If you'll grab that and bring that in here for me. Chapter 21, chapter 21, the scripture says, beginning in verse number 1, just set them in that box right there for me, perfect, thank you so much. I had these for the kids and it's going to give them, I got to thinking about it, it's going to give them to them, but they're all gone now, so we'll have to, we'll share it here in, in a minute. Chapter 21 beginning in verse number 1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, just say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt laid their clothes on them and set him on them. Father, we thank you today and just want to humble ourselves before you and bend the knee in your presence and ask you to help us with this, that you help us understand uh, the implications, the imperatives, the work that you did then, what you're doing and us now, and what your plans are for us in the days ahead. Lord, your agenda and your authority and access to you has not changed one, one bit. I pray that you help us see it 
and that we come in agreement with what you've called us to and that we would walk faithfully with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, Danny, I need one more thing. You go back in the fellowship hall. If you look in the back corner on the left by the restrooms back there, there's several pillars. On that pillar there is a mason jar that has some gold glitter on it. Try not to get the glitter on you, but just bring it here if you would. All right? Y'all know that's about impossible, right? If it's got glitter on you, is the glitter going to get on you? Look, y'all know that honey holding loves glitter. And we were finding glitter on Daisy Page in the hospital. Not me. I wasn't up there, but they did. And she said, I didn't have no glitter. Well, she carries glitter everywhere she goes. Everywhere she goes. Look, these, these passages, we've talked about these principles on numerous occasions through the years. And uh, they just continue to speak volumes to me. They continue to help me. I, I, I couldn't help but think when... We departed here and left on that Wednesday. Brother Shannon stepped up to take care of Wednesday night. And I appreciate you, brother, for stepping in and doing all that you've done. I appreciate Greg and Keith and everybody else that played a part in all that's been done over the last bit with us being out and gone. Uh, Everything looks great around here. The doors look good. When I was pulling up, from down the road, the first thing I thought, Palmer, was the fact that the, somebody left the doors open. And I, I was got the closer I got to it, I realized no, they painted the doors. And uh, but it looks really good. It looks a, it's a classy look. And uh, so we appreciate y'all taking care of that. Janet, which is in the back, Janet took care of the plants and water and all them. She fed Rona while we were gone, and she, everything was alive when we came back and thriving so we give God the glory for it so thank y'all for everything y'all have done I talked with Mr. Billy yesterday evening Miss Barbara is doing well they feel like she's doing better than the previous two hip surgeries that she's gone through Uh, but he can't get too far from her because she needs help to get up and go to the restroom and those types of things so that's where they are uh, today so thank y'all for praying for them looks like Tammy Hayden's feeling better and praise Jesus amen She's been through, how many of y'all been through some things? Aren't you glad God's with you when you go through them? He doesn't always keep us from them, but he'll what? Deliver us through it. Is it possible that he can keep us from it? But is it always profitable for him and us and others that he, that he would keep us from it? No. The profitability comes in the fact that his presence walks through it with us, that we learn how to deal with the pains and the problems and the sorrows and the troubles and the difficulties and the hardships and the heartaches and the joys of life with him, bringing us and bearing us through. Amen? Amen. Bringing us and bearing us through. Now, the whole trip and the whole trip back. You know, I was not encountered not one single time by anybody on the trip that ever encountered me with any intentions to either reach me with Jesus or to disciple me for Jesus. Nobody engaged me about Jesus in the last five weeks, probably if I really calculated, even further back than that, but since I've been gone, I just, what, took... uh, 
thousand mile journey out there and a thousand mile journey back and stopped in places. I did a lot of the running when I could to go get groceries and that type of thing while I was there. So I, I was in Safeway. I was in Walmart. I was in all these places. I run elbows with people and actually talk with people and engage people myself. Got a haircut when I was out there. And you know when you're sitting in a, in a chair and they're cutting on your hair, you can talk to them. And uh, you can pull some things out. But nobody, nobody in all that time ever said one thing to me about either what Jesus had done for them or what he could do for me or what he wanted to do for me. Nobody ever shared Jesus with me in this entire time on that journey across the country. And I'm willing to say that is a common denominator among everybody that is in here today. How many of you have been encountered by somebody on the journey, on the road, whether it be working traveling, school, whatever it is you do, how many times has somebody engaged you personally, loved on you for Jesus' sake, and got to share what Jesus was doing in their life? How many, how many of y'all had that done? Long time ago. It's been a while. Yeah. Has, has Jesus changed? No. Has his work changed? No. Has his agenda changed? No. Not at all. He's still in the business of reaching, teaching, equipping, and mobilizing people to do his work today. Amen? Now, who does Jesus use to do this work? He uses people to do this work, right? Remember that passage we talk about a lot around here, Isaiah 9, where it says that a son shall be given, a child shall be born, the government's going to be placed on his shoulders, the increase of his government's going to constantly grow, He's going to rule it. He's going to establish it. And it says at the close of those passages in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, it says the zeal or the passion of the Lord of hosts will see that it happens. You see, if anything takes place in the kingdom of God, it's the result of the zeal of the Lord of hosts. So that means God would be working what? In us, through us, and with us to reach people for his glory. God, God's zeal hasn't changed. So that means either we're not listening and we're pushing back at it and we've gotten distracted and caught up with other things as a, as a nation, as a whole, and we're just missing what God is doing today because people are just not engaging folks on the highways and the byways. What everybody's talking about, they're talking about the vaccine. They're talking about the COVID. They're talking about jobs. They're talking about this. They're talking about all these things, but we don't hear people talking about who can make a difference in every dynamic and aspect of our life. And that's Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, Jesus sent these disciples. And when he sent these disciples to go get something for him, you know the first thing, Keith, when I asked you to go get, didn't I ask you to go get something? When I explained it to you, you visualized it in your mind, didn't you? You could see it. What did I say? That you go in that men's classroom, was the door open or shut? But you knew, because I sent you, you trusted me, that there was something in that room to go get. And when you got there, you found it exactly how I said it would be. And then you brought Lucas. Is it the same thing? When I was explaining it to you, for you to listen to me, you, you tuned in, you trusted me, you believed what I gave you, 
and you began to walk and you was looking for what I explained to you. You see, that's exactly what took place. Danny, with you, with Sandy, the same thing. Sandy got distracted back there. Do you check in on them all? No? You think about it. What I'm saying is that's exactly what we do. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. He said, look, go here. They went there. When they got there, what did they find? They found a donkey in a, in a, in a, a coat. He said, go get them and bring them to me. Other passages like in Luke and in Mark, they tell us that the disciples found it. Just like Jesus said. And that's how life is for us. When we are what? When we trust him, we trust him. We believe what he says. We act on what he tells us to do. You know what we're going to find? We're going to find it just the way he said it would be. We're going to find people just as he describes them to be. We're going to find people, the fields that are, that are ripe for harvest. We're going to find them ripe for harvest. We're going to find marriages the way Jesus described them. And when they're not the way he described them, we're going to know why they're not the way he described them. Because we what? We trust in him. We believe in what he says. And we act in faith, obedience of so just walking in what he gave us. Come on. Walking in what he gave us. And when we do that, you know what? We find everything in life just as the master said it would be. And I want to tell you, he's called us at me to go do a work for him. And if I'm not doing that work, something, something has, has stripped my attention away from how he described it. And I'm looking for other things in this life and no longer paying attention to what he said. Let, 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 me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all ever let something get in the way of seeing the goodness and the glory of God? Go back to chapter 20. Just look in chapter 20. As I was walking through this, y'all going to have to keep up with me today. And don't let me go too long, Brother Shannon. Because look, we, we've got a pile of it to give away. But we'll, we'll just have to come back tonight, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Look, he says in chapter 20, uh, he gives an illustration He gives an illustration. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like what? A landowner, a husbandman, who went out early in the morning with intention, with purpose. What did he go out to do? He went out to what? Hire hands to go to work. Laborers for his vineyard. Verse 2. Now when he, now watch this word, if I was you, I would circle that word when he had agreed, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarii a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And then he went out about the third hour, that is at 9 a.m., and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go in the vineyard and whatever is right, that would be what he agreed to pay them, I will give you. So they went. And then again, he went out about 12 p.m. during the middle of the day. And then again in the ninth hour, that's at three o'clock. And about the fifth hour, excuse me, the 11th hour, that's at 5 p.m. in the evening. We're talking about from 6 in the morning to 6 in the evening, a 12-hour day, Karen. So he sends out the initial group, then again at 9, 12, 3, 
and 5. Well, they all go to work. The last group he sent out, how long did they work? One hour. He sent out his steward and he said, gather all the men back together. Get them all back up here and let's pay them for the day's wages. He says, start with the last. Last man comes up, he's been working an hour. Guess what he gives him, Tommy? What they agreed on. What did they agree on? One denar. He agreed on a whole full day's worth of work. Even though we only worked an hour, he paid them for a full day. Then the next group came in, he paid them. And then the first group that went out who bore the burden all day long, who went through the heat of the day, who did most of the labor, who worked all day long, come in and he paid them the same. And they said, wait a minute. Uh-uh, uh-uh, this ain't fair. This ain't fair. You paid them the same amount you paid us and we only worked, we worked all day and they only worked an hour. And Jesus teaches the story, said, look, we made an agreement, right? Didn't you agree to work for this? And he asked a question. Look in verse number 15. He says, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Remember, they made this agreement. Or is your eye evil because I am what? Oh, now don't miss this. Don't miss this. When we begin to make it about us. You know what we do? We discredit the goodness and the graciousness of God. That God would be as good and gracious to give a man that only worked an hour the same amount that he would give a man that worked all day long. He says, the problem is not with me. The problem is how you see in things. Because you have gotten distracted with what? What you've done. Not how good I am. And you know, that's why in our day, why people are not going and doing what God has called us to do. Because we've gotten distracted with who? Ourselves. And we're looking at everybody else, what this one's doing or that one's not doing and all these other things. And we're making it about who? Us. And we're failing to see the gracious goodness of the Lord Jesus. He said, look, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Who's who's the kingdom all about? Jesus. Who are we to be all about? What are we to be about when we're Making Jesus everything in our life. What? Being laborers in his harvest. Agreeing with the fact that he agreed to give us salvation. Even though we've gone through 10,000 things for him. Let's say the Lord comes tomorrow. And somebody in this place today gives their life to Jesus. Will they get any less of a reward for Jesus than we who've been walking with him for 25, 30, 50 or 75 years. Who've been beat up, persecuted, mocked, talked about. Went through all these things. Is there going to be, are they going to get anything less than what we got? No. No. Why? He can do with what he wants with what he's given. Amen. Come on. You see, we all are in this work together and I don't want to be distracted with me and what, what myself and miss out on just how gracious and good God is, not only in my life, but for saving 
all those others like me, those wretched sinners in their last days of their life. Amen? Amen. Does anybody deserve to be saved? No, no but aren't you glad he does say? Is he still in the work of saving people? Yeah. Yeah. You see, it's kind of like this. How many of y'all ever, I got to thinking, how many of y'all ever microwaved your coffee? Anybody ever done that? Needed to heat it up? Mamas, you ever done that? You get distracted with your work around the house or whatever you're doing and you, your coffee gets cold on you so you go throw it in the microwave? Or you got some food you want to warm up? How many of y'all still le- eat leftovers? Whoo, I like good old leftovers. I'm a leftover, warm over kind of guy. So, have y'all ever noticed that if a microwavable cup has a crack in it, Have you ever noticed how hot these jokers get when you put them in the microwave? They will scald you. You better be careful when you grab it because you will let it go just as quick as you put your fingers on it. Why? That which was once microwavable because of a defect or a crack in it, this cup gets all the attention of that microwave and your stuff on the inside doesn't get hot or warm because the cup or the bowl took all the heat. That's what happens to us when there's cracks in our life. You know, when cracks are in your windshield, you know how when light comes through it, what, is a, what happens to light when it comes through a crack? It gets distorted. It goes in various directions. The same thing in us. When we focus in on ourselves or the cracks in our life, you know what happens? That outer shell of us gets all the attention, but the inward man is not being transformed and changed. And we get distracted and we make it about us and we fail to see just how good and gracious God is. A great example is that. Remember when we were studying about King David and King Saul? Remember how Saul had to keep being reminded of just how good and gracious God was and who kept reminding him this young servant who came up and said I can take that giant Saul said no you can't why Saul had his eye on the man on the thing on the crack but David had his eye on who he had his eye on the king and having his eye on the king whatever got put in front of him it didn't matter he was going to do what God gave him to do just like just like Sandy and just like each one of you who were used when I just sent you. All I did was ask you to go get this, Danny. But you had to see it where? In the you saw it. Why did you see it? Why did you believe it? And why did you go get it? Because you trust me and I asked you to do it. But that's no different than walking with the Lord. Amen. Amen. He's much more trustworthy than me. He's more faithful than I am. I'll, I'll take you down the wrong road, mislead you. And how did I know that bucket was in that room, Keith? I put it there. How did I know that was on that pillar? How did I know? Because I put them there this morning. How did Jesus know that donkey was there? Well, we know he's God and we know his fellowship with his father. Remember, this was prophetic. It had already been said it was going to be there. He had put it there. Amen. Amen. He knew right where. You know what? He knows where everything else is too. Amen. 
He knows the field He's given you to harvest in. He knows the people whom He's sending you to. He knows the situations that they're going through. He knows everything about it. But see, we have to what? Trust Him. Believe what He says. And therefore act in faith obedience. And then go walk in what He's given us. Amen. Remember what is faith? Faith is what? Seeing, agreeing, and acting on what God reveals. These men, when they went out in the harvest that day, they were told a job. They could see that job. They fulfilled that job. There was no problem in the work that they'd done. Matter of fact, they were going to get a, a paycheck for it. Well, they saw it. They agreed with what he'd given them to do, and they acted on it. But because they got their eyes on somebody else, they began to discredit the master. And it's too easy to do in these days we live in. Amen. Amen. And I want to tell you in here, we cannot do this work of helping people see Jesus in and through our lives without God's presence upon us. Amen. Amen. We need Him. You know why I didn't encounter anybody that, that engaged me first? Because the people I come across for whatever reason... For whatever reason, it could have been a God thing, but I doubt it. I believe it was a man thing. Man living life and doing things in life without seeking first, hearing from the Lord, trusting what he gives them, and just walking in it Amen. in everyday life. I believe God would have sent somebody to me to either what? Evangelize me, that is tell me about Jesus, edify me, build me up as a brother, Encourage me in the work that God had given me to do had many of those people I crossed path with were sensitive to God's speaking into their heart. Amen? Amen. But see, we go through life like this. Somebody asked me about my gun this morning. I brought a gun in here. This is a bad dude right here now. If you want to kill flies. It'll shoot salt really well. And it'll knock a fly off a ledge or out of the air. But I surely won't shoot a buffalo with it. It ain't made for that, right? You see, Jesus has made me for something. And he's made me specifically for something. And I need him in me to do that work. And too many times we take an assault gun out after a buffalo in our own strength because we're not simply leaning upon him Amen. to do the work. And therefore, you know, you know the result of it. Yeah. We're confused. We're unsettled. We're restless. Disturbed in where we are and where we're at. We're not resting and at peace with the Lord. And we're not finding life. How he said it would be. We see in it like everybody else is seeing it in this old world we live in, and it's got us messed up. See, but I don't have to let my mess ups what? Mess me up. Mess me up. I, God can take my mess ups and turn it into a message. Amen? Come on. Take my mess up, turn it into a message, Lord. Take it, use it. But I, I, I've got to know I'm a vessel in his hands, yeah. and he's going to use me how he sees fit. But he's not 
going to use me in a way that I get to benefit from it if I'm not seeking him, staying connected with him, and agreeing on the field that he put me in the work. Amen? Amen. That he put me in the work. Mm. May the Lord help us. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all need help? Amen. How many of y'all going to make a, a commitment today that, hey, God, I want you to use me as a disciple maker. I want you to use me as a soul winner. Hey, look, whether I am at work or I'm in my fellowship, my faith family, uh, whether I'm on vacation or traveling from, from a family member, whatever it is, God, I am yours. I want to see life the way you see it. I want to do life the way you do it. I want to walk with you. See, I got to know a few of these things. These, these men, when they went, they, they knew who they were, his disciples. They knew who he was. They knew where he sent them because if they had gone to another city, they wouldn't have found it. They knew what they had when they got there because they could see it before they ever got there. They knew what they were looking for, Brother Shannon. Amen. They could see it. But your thing is, not only do you have to know, you got to go. Yeah. It's knowing and going. Knowing and going. I need to know who I am. I need to know who my master is. I need to know where he's sending me. I need to know what I'm looking for. And I need to go. I need to go. And I'll find it just the way that he said it would be. Will we find people with problems? Good Lord. Are there some people with some problems? How many of y'all got problems right now? How many of you got family with problems? How many of you think you're going to escape problems? As soon as you come out of one problem, guess what? More than likely you're going to find another one. You ever just say, man, I wish we could get past this? You ever say that? Well, look. Everything in this life as the believer, the Lord doesn't waste anything. Just remember that. He doesn't waste anything. And there's a couple things God's going to be doing with us to draw us near to Him. Amen. To draw us near to Him. Our trust is either going to draw us near to Him. That is, we're going to seek Him every day because we trust Him. We're going to do what he gives us to do. That's going to draw us near caring. Or a test that he puts us through is designed to do what? Draw us near to him for solutions. What else is he going to use? Troubles. To draw us near to. Everything God's doing is to get you to to draw near unto him. Because you're you're like a salt gun without him trying to fight buffaloes with a salt gun without him. You can't do it. So everything he's going to do in my life and your life and our lives is to draw us to him. And either trust is going to draw me, troubles are going to draw me, tests are going to draw me, or trials are going to draw me. But everything, Keith, is drawing me unto the Lord. Now the key is, if I don't ever get to the trust side of it, I'm going to have to keep going through trouble after trouble after trial after test after test because the whole thing, what he's doing, he knows best that when we draw near to him and we're hearing from him, we're better off hearing from him and walking with him with all kind of troubles in our life than walking through this life without him. So everything you're going through is to draw you closer to the Lord. Well, how do you know you're trusting him? You're seeking him. You're taking him at his word and you're seeing life the way he defines it for us. Amen? Amen. So just keep walking with him, church. Keep drawing near him.
and thank him for the trouble. Thank him for the test. Thank him for the trials. Thank him when he makes you lean in this old life that you got to lean in on him. Thank him for whatever you're going through right now. If you got kid problems, thank him for where you're at because he's drawing you near to himself. If you got marital problems, thank him for what he's doing because he's what? Drawing you to himself. If you got physical problems, thank him for what is going on in your life because what is he doing? He's drawing you to himself. If you got work problems, thank him. Thank him for everything. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Just thank him, Pam. Thank him, thank him, thank him. When the next trial comes, thank him for it. Praise him for it. Give him glory for it. Why? Oh, because he inhabits that. And you and I want his presence in our life. Amen? Oh, he'll render that old enemy powerless over you. He'll be like that dirt dauber that stings that. Y'all remember them spiders? I come to the house after a month. I walked under the carport over there. And there was ten rows of dirt dauber nest in the corner. At the door, dirt dauber nest. Everything in this life requires a little maintenance. And as soon as you neglect it, you know what's going to happen? The enemy around you is going to take over. Amen. It's going to take over. So praise God for everything. Thank Him for what He's doing. Let Him work on you. Do maintenance on your heart. And just keep walking with Him. Amen? Amen. On my ride home, I seen nothing but form after form after form. Anybody ever cross New Mexico, North Texas, and come in, ain't nothing but humongous ranches and farms. And I mean some pretty ones, Lucas. You talk about corn, the prettiest corn you'll ever see in your life coming through there. Every single form I passed was thriving in abundance with the exception of one. And I noticed it immediately. First thing I saw was a, a field planted, but it was not thriving. Then I saw a combine alongside of a service road in that field that had grass growing up all around it. Went a little bit further and I noticed another piece of equipment with a grass all up around it. But I can tell they put their rows down. I can tell they had planted because there was stuff coming up. But it was only about this high. And in some places it was this high. And in some places it was there. Some places it was as sparse. It didn't have nothing coming up. And the first thing that I recognized through all that as I traveled along that fence row and looking out and watching it, the first thing came to my mind was neglect. Somebody had neglected to do what needed to be done and their, their fields manifested it. It manifested it compared to everybody around them. We can't neglect these things because they're going to manifest. Amen. They're going to manifest in our life as well. God's made us to be what? Fruitful and multiply. To Him be the glory. Would you stand with me? Father, we thank You today. Thank You for this time we've had to gather together and sing and celebrate and rejoice and testify. We thank You for the revelation of Your truth. We thank You for the message of 
of what you've given us to walk in, and I pray that you help us walk in it faithfully. We trust you, we believe you, and therefore we want to see what you see, agree with what you reveal, and act on what you've given us to walk in. In Jesus' name, amen. And all God's people said, amen. Now look, Jesus said, go in all the world and go make disciples. Of all the nations, teach them the things that he's taught us. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just go do what he told you to do. Amen. All of us. You're going to find it, just like he said.